What's good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, a special Saturday edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. She is Michelle Maju. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. Uh, sorry for the groggy voice. I'm a little sick. I just got back from a wedding. I witnessed the worst maid of honor speech of all time. Uh, what? It was about 20 minutes of the most oh. cringe-worthy. Oh. Uh, speech I've ever had to sit through. It was the talk of the wedding afterwards. So that, you know, it made it more entertaining. And I will say, um, I hope I'm never in that situation where you're the, where you're that person at a wedding. Okay. So did they, did they do like the cardinal sins? Did they cite a dictionary definition of a word? She definitely did that. But then she talked crap about the, uh, groom, but like Mm. serious, like really bad, like not good for about 19 minutes of the 20 minute speech. It was so 19 bad. to 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. Well, like, give so me an bad. example. What was, what's one thing that she said about him? Oh, she said she would like stay up at night crying that her sister was in a relationship <laughs> with this guy and that she was hoping <laughs> that she would like get her head on straight and all of this. And then like, finally at the last minute, she said like a really small thing. She's like, now I'm happy they're together and they're in love. And then the dad literally like almost cut her off. Well, like did cut her off and just what? started clap, just started clapping and everyone just started clapping and just like ended it after like 20 minutes. <laughs> it was, we were all sweating. We were all looking at each other. We were dying. Wow, that is brutal. Have you ever had to give the speech at the wedding? Yes, I've given a couple maid of honor speeches. I did fantastic. Oh, well, this is not surprising. Uh, What I always tell people, I've given a couple best man speeches myself, and I always say, the longer it is, the better it has to be. If you get up there and you say, we're so grateful to celebrate this day with you, you two lovely people, we're so happy, we wish you nothing but health and happiness, cheers. Nobody in the room is going to be mad. Like, that's totally fine. But the longer you go, the expectation goes up. That's what I always tell people. And you can't hate on one of the grooms or brides, (laughs) you know, for the entire speech. Like, that's never going to be a good look. You can say one joke and you instantly have to get into the nice things. That's it. Yeah, it's really not a day to just, it's not a roast. Like you throw yeah. in a dig, you throw in a compliment to even it out, and then you get on with your day. Really, people just want to get to the food too at that point. Like, I think the go. bigger issue, she wasn't even roasting him. Like it wasn't like jokes, you know? <laughs> she wasn't like trying to make us laugh. It was just like she literally was just pretty much saying how much she hated him. It sounds like uh, any member of the 49ers front office when they get in front of a microphone talking about their own damn team. Oh, Lordy, we have so much to talk about today after. I mean, we haven't even got to really sit down and talk to each other yet about the Cardinals 49ers game from last week. So bad. And just about Kyle Shanahan in general. I know I dug into him hard last week and he's your new favorite coach of all time. (laughs) Uh, But what, what were your thoughts after that game? It was embarrassing. It was absolutely pathetic and embarrassing. Your season is dangling by a thread. The other team's got nobody. And to just come out and just get whooped. And I know that there were like fumbles and stuff, but like the IUK fumble was at the 49ers like five yard line. That doesn't give the defense permission to give up a 50 yard pass to Christian Kirk and to let the Cardinals go and put up points like I don't want to hear the, the just the blaming of the fumbles for everything. Like, no, the defense got absolutely worked. D'Amico Ryans looked like he didn't know what the hell. Like, yeah, this just in. They didn't have a quarterback. So they did screen passes and they did like 
short dump offs to James Conner. That was the whole offense for the Cardinals, and they never had to change it because it just kept working. James Conner had 170 scrimmage yards. He has not done that in forever, like since 2018. And I, I love me some James Conner. Don't get me wrong. Of course. But you can't let James Conner just destroy you like that. He's not, you know, he's not Derrick Henry out there. He's not Dalvin Cook. Like, you got to you gotta figure out a way to stop James Conner. It's just insane that they let him just go run all over them, you know, catch balls all, all over them, score touchdowns. It's just insanity. No pride displayed whatsoever by the 49ers in that game. It was a sad, sad state of affairs. And the thing that I've said this week, Michelle, is that this week's going to be worse because that game was buried at four o'clock. There was other stuff going on. It was on a regular Sunday. This game coming up is Monday night, prime time. The world's going to be watching. They're going to see all the problems with this 49ers team. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball six feet above everybody's head, every play, getting wide receivers hurt. They're going to see Kyle Shanahan's crappy record thrown up on the screen when they display graphics. They're going to see all One the and four. Right. Like they're going to well, see. One and four on Monday Night Football. Sorry. Eight straight losses at when the 49ers are the home team. Some of those were technical home games in Arizona last year, but still 0 and 8 as the home team. All this stuff, all of a sudden, the national media is going to catch up and they're going to start to like put Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat a little bit because I think they're going to be killed. I mean, this is the fantasy and gambling show, and we're going to get into the props a little later. I'm taking the, the Rams overs on pretty much everything because I think the Rams are going to smash them. I think the biggest issue right now with the 49ers, A, their defense is... You know, it, it looked okay at the beginning of the year. It just, it's not working right now. They're allowing too many points, too many yards. So the defense, they're not doing their job. But at the same time, the offense isn't scoring in the first half. They're starting so slow. In week one, they scored in the first half. They were fine against the Lions. But since then, from weeks two on, they've only scored 49 total points in the first half. That is tied for third fewest in the NFL. The only ones that are ahead of are the Jets, who have scored 44, and the Lions, who have scored 39. They're tied with the Houston Texans at 49 points. Davis Mills. They're tied with Davis Mills. <laughs> you can't be that bad. And then when you're looking at the, the teams under them, you have to jump all the way to 61 points. Like Again, I said the 49ers have scored 49. The next worst is 61 points with the New York Giants. Jaguars at 63, Bears at 64. Like, that's the group they're in. That's unacceptable. With Kyle Shanahan, the OC, the like, the, the god of offense you, that's not that's not good Kyle. you're a hundred percent right and there have been four games this year where they have gone into halftime with seven points or less four games they've only played eight so that's half the time you go into halftime with one touchdown on the board and by the way a lot of times that touchdown comes on the last possession of the first half because they've actually been pretty good in the two minute drill which is weird but I mean, you're right. It's unacceptably bad, especially when they, they've been relatively healthy on the offensive side of the board. I mean, most got hurt, yes, and Kittle's missed a couple of games, but Debo's been there, Ayuk's been there. The whole offensive line up until last week was healthy, so like, there really isn't a ton of excuses for the 49ers for their offensive struggles, and I think it's going to happen again this week, unfortunately, and I think that this is the week. I really think, Michelle, at some point in this game, you will hear the We Want Lance chant from the home fans. There's going to be boos and there's going to be a We Want Lance chant. Listen, there's really no reason to not start him at this point. There is no reason. Yes, they're still, 
it, it's crazy, but they still have a wide open path to the seventh seed in the playoffs. But what do you think you're going to do in the playoffs if they get there? Right? Like what is going to happen? Um, I see your face like, oh my goodness. And I was like, okay, there must've been huge news. Do Sorry. you want to say what it was? Yeah. Uh, Robert Woods tore his ACL at practice on Friday. So basically the same day that the Rams signed Odell Beckham Jr., they lose Robert Woods for the entire season. This is, that is wild. That is wild. Do we think that's why they went and signed OBJ or do you think it happened afterwards? Uh, it happened at practice. So I would think it was after, but I like Robert Woods was actively recruiting, uh, recruiting oh, wow. Odell, trying to bring him in. Adam Schefter, I'm just reading tweets, hurt his knee at practice on Friday. He went down, got up. Finished practice, conducted interviews. Nobody thought anything was wrong. And then Tess discovered he later tore his ACL. Wow. What? <laughs> like, okay, first of all, Robert Woods is a baller to finish practice on the torn ACL. And uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that the Rams are still going to roll regardless because they still have Van Jefferson too, in addition to Odell Beckham Jr. But uh, yeah, that's, a, I, you know, terrible news for Robert Woods. We wish him the best of health. Good news for the 49ers, although I don't know that it's going to help that much. I know, because now they're just going to plug in OBJ, which I I do think this is a good fit for him. Now, especially without Robert Woods there, he can actually get more targets. It didn't make sense to me why he would personally want to go there. I get like you can you have a good shot of going far in the playoffs, maybe Super Bowl contender, but you weren't going to see that many targets with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods there. Now with Woods gone, he might. We'll see if he makes Stafford worse, then he can't be signed by another team, right? Like if all of a sudden the Rams offense can't move and Stafford starts throwing a bunch of interceptions his way, then like OBJ's career is going to be pretty much ruined from that. But I think Stafford's a good quarterback for him to go play with. He's not a young guy. Stafford won't force it or you won't think he would. Uh, Cooper Cup should still be the number one there. So they're not depending on OBJ to do too much. So I don't mind that signing by them. Uh, I wouldn't have liked it for the 49ers. Uh, well, at one point, John Lynch went on the radio and said when Odell was with the Giants, he came up to John Lynch before a game and said, get me here, get me here, which I know the 49ers were trying to. Uh, the big sticking point was that the Giants wanted the Niners' number two pick at the time, which San Francisco didn't give up, which ultimately became Nick Bosa. So I think they made the right move there. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is a weird stat. Odell Beckham Jr., has now will be on three different teams and he will have caught passes from three number one overall picks at quarterback. Giants. But he Elon has Manning. no quarterback. He's never played with a good quarterback. I do think that he's going to the best quarterback he's ever played with, with Matt Stafford. But uh, it's just weird that like he's been on three teams and his quarterbacks have all been number one overall draft picks, Eli Baker and now Matt Stafford. Uh, we'll get to to Odell in a bit, but I want to stick with the 49ers. I just happened to see that Robert Woods news flash across my screen. They were terrible. Obviously, last week was a disgrace on all levels. Um, Kyle Shanahan did go on KMBR yesterday and basically said in so many words that Trey Lance was going to be the starter after the Arizona game, but he hurt his knee and he had a setback with his knee because who doesn't have an injury setback with the 49ers? But basically, he said Lance's time is coming and it could be very soon. So they play the Jags next week. So maybe they just take it on the chin against the Rams this week and then the Trey Lance era begins. 
I think that's a good plan. You really don't want to throw him in right now against a, this type of divisional opponent because, you, you know, you expect this to be a hard game. This isn't really one you want to just throw him into again because it, it's going to look a lot like the Cardinals game, and then fans are going to get even more disappointed if he comes out and he's, you know, stinky as well. So I think it's good to wait one more week and throw him in there uh, because really – Unless the defense picks it up, there's really no shot to win this game anyways. I mean, do you think they're going to go 0-5 now at home? Because this is going to be their fifth loss at home. They're 0-4 right now. They're allowing 30 points per game at home. The second most, only the Lions are allowing more points per game at home. Jeez. So, like, you really needed the defense to be much better than they have been this year to have a shot. It's not happening. But, yeah, Trey Lance needs to... Trey Lance needs to get in there and start. There's no reason for him not to be. I've said it before. The whole narrative of the season changes. If Trey Lance starts, they don't have to finish the season with a winning record. All they have to do is make him look good. And and the narrative is going to be, hey, Kyle Shanahan finally got his quarterback. He's looking good. He's developing. The 49ers made the right choice at number three. Like, And if they lose games, people are going to be like, ah, they got a rookie. Like, it doesn't matter. Right now, they're throwing Jimmy Garoppolo out there every week and getting embarrassed, and they just look so rudderless. And there's a lot of pressure on Lance when he does come in, but you throw him in there, even if they played him this week, Michelle. I mean, look at the game against the Cardinals. He only put up 10 points, but people were like, oh, he did okay. You know, like it was... It's it's a different narrative when you've got a rookie quarterback in there. It's 100% a different narrative. Last year, the Chargers weren't winning very many games with Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, and they were so excited for this year, and there was so much to grow upon because you knew you, – you got to see him play already. The, it was his team, right? Like the everyone on that roster knew, okay, this is the dude that's going to bring us far. This is our franchise quarterback because he showed us last year he can be that dude. And you need to allow Trey Lance to have that moment to be like, there is hope for the future here. Because if you go into next year without really getting to see what Trey Lance can do, then no, like you can't really be excited because it's all going to be just like, you know, it could happen. He could be good, It'd but be we don't know. We pains. haven't seen it yet. Yeah. We need to give him a few games here to like get going because it's not going to just be magical from the start. Like I want to see him have five, six. I mean, how many games we got left here? I want to see him the rest of the starts. Actually just throw him in for the Rams game. I don't even care. Make it way more entertaining on Monday. His first start was against the undefeated Arizona Cardinals on the road. So like I'm he, besides he's got to play them twice a year, every year. So again, throw this guy in there. He's going to be an NFL quarterback. Yes. Some of the teams he's going to play are going to be tough. Like this just did. (laughs) All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into the props. Uh, We'll give you our three best props from this week. We continue to do well. Last week was a little weird because with all the injury stuff, they didn't have a ton up. They got a bunch up this week and some good ones. So we'll get to those when we come back. Welcome back to the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, let's dive into some of the numbers with this game. First of all, the most obvious number, 49ers are getting four points at home. I would take the Rams if the 49ers were getting 40 points at home. Are you surprised (laughs) by this? I'm shocked. It's only four points. Listen, Vegas knows what they're doing, though. So they're really giving the 49ers a much better chance to win this game than we are. And I, yeah, I mean, I would definitely take Rams minus four. I think they'll cover that. I think they're going to win pretty easily. The Rams, I just talked about the 49ers at home struggling. The Rams on the road, they're fantastic. They're 4 0. They're averaging 32.3 points per game, which is the second most. And as I already said, the 49ers are allowing the second most so <laughs> it's like a good combo that's not a good combo and i mean the rams following sean mcveigh's losses 
like throughout his time there as a head coach, uh, they, they kill it, right? They have a plus 175 point differential in games after Sean wow. McVay loses. So this is just a, it, it's not a great matchup right now for the 49ers, especially with that loss and the, the Rams just got embarrassed as well. Like I know the 49ers got embarrassed, but I think we both would agree. The Rams are a much better team to come back and be like, put it in your face for the next opponent. So I'm shocked by this line, but Vegas always makes me look stupid when I'm shocked. So now I'm worried. It would be the most 49ers thing of all time to get whooped by the Cardinals backups and then come back and beat the Rams. So you mentioned the spread on this game right now. It's four. I actually bet this game three days ago when it was Rams by three and a half. This game started out Rams four and a half. Then it went down to Rams three and a half. And now it's Rams minus four. So the spread has been fluctuating a little bit. I am so happy that I was able to jump in there when it was three and a half. I feel like I should have bet like 10 times as much as I did on the game. This seems easy to me. Well, Um, there's no losing for you, right? Because if you, if the 49ers win, you're not going to care. You're going to be like, yeah, like you're going to be so pumped. And then if the Rams win, you're going to be sad. The 49ers lost, obviously, but at least you have money down on it. Yeah, well, you might as well. If your team's going to be bad, at least you find a way to make money off of it, right? Like we yeah. salvage something out of the season. Um, a lot of interesting numbers in this one. The first one that jumped out to me that now, given this Robert Woods news, I was going to bring this up anyway, but I feel even better about it. Odell Beckham is plus 250 to score a touchdown at any time in this game. With no Robert Woods, I feel like Sean McVay is going to take the toy out of the box and take a deep shot to Odell, maybe right out of the gate. I just, I don't know. I have a feeling that he's going to, you know, he and Kyle Shanahan are really, really close friends. And I know it bothers the hell out of Sean McVay that Kyle Shanahan has eaten his lunch the past four (laughs) times they have played, even with much lesser talent, even with backups in there. The 49ers have beaten the Rams in four straight. I think McVay is tired of that crap. I think he's going to come out of the gate and try and stick it to his old buddy. And I could see a deep shot to Odell you know, first drive of the game. Yeah, I I can't see that. I don't think he scores this week. I mean, he has three total touchdowns over the last two years. He hasn't scored more than six touchdowns in a season since 2016. Like he wow. hasn't, I, I, I understand he doesn't have a good quarterback. Like I, I don't understand how Baker Mayfield can be fantastic anytime you're not on the field, dude. Maybe it's <laughs> you. I do. Like I already said, I think this is going to be a nice match for the two, but I don't think he just comes out and scores a touchdown. If he does, this is his only catch of the game. Like that's how I mm. feel. I just, I could hear the announcer saying it now. Odell Beckham Jr. Only has three touchdowns in the last two years. He's got two touchdowns <laughs> tonight. Yeah, he's a superstar. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, I don't know. Like The 49ers are very accommodating. I feel like when it comes to crap like that. Do you think um, he'll play? I don't even know if he'll be. Oh yeah, play. he'll play. I think he's playing for sure. Okay. Assuming he's healthy because McPhail, like he'll figure it out. Like I know everyone's like, well, he's got to learn the system. Like you don't need to learn the system. If the play is just go deep, like, you know, like you can get plays for him in there. Uh, the over under on Stafford passing yards, by the way, is two ninety and a half. I take the over on that. Even though the only way he doesn't hit the over to me on that, Michelle, is if the Rams have so much success running the ball, which I think if they want to, they'll be able to, because the 49ers run defense looks putrid right now. Yeah, I don't love these quarterback bets, the over-under and yards, because too much matters within games, you know? Like, if it's a blowout, then they don't have to pass as much. If it's close to like, too much can happen in games where it doesn't work out, or they throw a deep bomb, and it should have been caught, but then it was pass interference, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, like, 
that's a play you needed to get those 60 yards. You're depending on one big play. And it's like, well, it happened, but then the defense cheated. And like, especially the 49ers do that all the time. Just like jump up <laughs> on the guy. Yes, so it's like do. those those are the ones I'm I'm just not about. So yeah, Matthew Stafford could easily hit the over, but he could easily not as well. Like it all just depends on game script and how many times the 49ers, you know, drop pass interference calls, really. Yeah, you know they're not going to get interceptions, too. Uh, the <laughs> longest completion for Stafford's at 38 and a half. I take the over. Like I said, Colt McCoy was dropping 50-yard bombs on this bunch. I think the Rams are smart enough to realize, like, we could just chuck it deep every single time if we want. Cooper Cup, I feel like, is going to get I Somebody's going to get him for, like, a 40-yard play. So I'm in on the Odell anytime touchdown. I'm in on the Stafford longest completion. I'll take the over on that as well. I, I just think that this is a real opportunity for you. Let, I'll just phrase it like this. This is a real opportunity to make money on the Rams offense. Yeah. And my favorite is actually Daryl Henderson to go over 16 and a half receiving yards. So he hasn't hit it. He's only had three receiving yards each of the last two weeks, but in the first six games, he always hit that over 16 and a half receiving yards last week. He had four targets, three receptions. It just only turned into three yards. That's very rare, right? Like normally if you have three receptions, that's not going to just be three yards. If he gets three receptions in this game, I feel very good. He's going to hit that over. He can hit that over with one screen. So I'm definitely taking that over in 16 and a half receiving yards. And then um, I'm fine with taking his over and rushing yards as well at 67 and a half. I think that's very fair. Uh, you can definitely run on the 49ers this year. They've been pretty bad at stopping the run. Uh, we saw James Conner last week kill it on the ground and through the air. So I don't think Daryl Henderson will have that same type of success, but I still think he can easily hit both of those overs. Yeah, I mean, we saw the 49ers get killed on screen passes last week, too. I think the Rams are going to mix in a few of those. So I agree with you. Elijah Mitchell is at 61 and a half for rushing yardage. The only way he doesn't get that to me is if the Niners don't give him the ball. If he gets 15 carries to me, he's going to hit that over. He's been so, so good for the 49ers this year, keeping Trey Sermon uh, off the field as well. So I'm I take the Elijah Mitchell over 61 and a half. Yeah, me too. And I like it. Uh, so they have it at 14 and a half rush rush attempts. I'm taking that over as well to go with that 61 and a half rushing yards. Last week, he only had eight rushing attempts. He only had eight carries, but we saw that happen the last time he came back from injury. They only gave him nine carries against the Cardinals in week five. That was his first week back. And then his second week back, he got 18 carries. His third week back, 18 carries again. So I think we see his number go right back up. It might not be at the 18 now that they have other running backs healthy again, but I still think he's going to hit that over, get around 15, 16, maybe even 17 carries. So I, I'm happy to take the over for carries and the rushing yards because when he touches the ball, like you said, he's fantastic and you can run on the ramps. They're not like they were last year. And I like sort of the package deal of those two props. Like, like if you think he's going to get over 61 and a half yards, you're pretty confident he's going to get over 14 and a half carries in order to do it. So you might as well bet yeah. both of them. Now, of course, if he, if he has a bad game, you lose <laughs> both too. But I'd, I don't know. If you're confident in one, I think you should bet both, I guess is my point there. Um, some of the receiving props. It's so refreshing to see Brandon Ayuk's over under for receiving yards up at 50 and a half. Like there were some games where it was below 20. And now he seems to be fully out of that doghouse. He seems to be incorporated into the offense. There's confidence in him again. He looks good. This just in, he still knows how to play football. I think I Shocker. take the Ayuk over 50 and a half. 
I'm not touching Ayuk. I don't trust it yet. I want to see it for another week. I might even want to see it for another week after that. Like wow. I'm, I, I'm not trusting it just yet. And then with Debo, I'm a little scared because like, I don't know yet who Jalen Ramsey, is he going to shadow Debo? Is he going to just kind of stay to one side? Is he going to, you know, he's been playing in the slot a lot. I don't know. But if I were the Rams and my plan would be to have Ramsey be following Debo, because if you can shut down Debo, you're going to shut down the 49ers offense. And obviously they're going to move the ball with Elijah Mitchell and George Kittle and Ayuk, but it's not going to be the same. They're not going to have those splash plays. They're not going to be able to score as much if you shut down Debo. Uh, so that would be my plan if I was the Rams to put Rams on him. So my favorite of all of these guys is George Kittle this week. I think he has the best game of the group. Uh, I love his over on four and a half receptions. I love his over on 57 and a half receiving yards. I would smash both of those in this matchup because the Rams, they haven't played very good tight ends, but they're also along uh, quite a few receiving yards to these terrible tight ends. George Kittle is one of the best. So happily taking the over on both of those. The other thing with Debo is even if he starts, like let's say Ramsey isn't shadowing him, but then Debo has a couple of catches for first downs, like they'll just put him on Debo. You know, like they will shut him down. I almost think there's money to be made fading him. Take the under on the 71 and a half on Debo because I feel like if he doesn't get that basically all in one play, the Rams will just put Ramsey on him and then good night for the rest of the day pretty much. Yeah, my biggest uh, worry about taking the under with him is because it just takes one play for him. Like he could be stopped all game long or he could have like two receptions. But if it's just that one play that's, you know, uh, broken up or just the defense is out of place, um, then Debo could take it to the house. And then you give him play. I don't know what I'm trying to say, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sick. My brain's not working. <laughs> You're trying to say uh, one mistake by the defense and Debo can yeah. can crush that over and then you lose money. Um, this is, I don't know that I've ever seen this. Cooper Cup's over-under for receiving yards in this game. His over-under is 96 and a half. Like, that is insane to me. 100 yards I is a great I still want the over. Day. You still I want still the over. Want- I still want the over. I mean, Cooper Cup does it, right? Like he's always, the last four games, he's been over 90 plus yards. Um, like I, without Robert Woods there now as well. Like I know you think Odell Beckham Jr. will play. He could play, but I don't think he's going to play that many snaps. I cannot foresee him playing more than 50% of the snaps in this game. Like no way. So I, I think Cooper Cup just has a massive game against the secondary. I think 130 yards plus is very possible so i still i still want this over it's super high but it's high for a reason because cooper cup is the bomb and i think i take the over on catches too it's seven and a half right now who are the niners gonna That's put high. on him who are they gonna put dre kirkpatrick no he's banged up i don't even know if he's gonna play are they gonna put josh broke ass josh norman on him like rams fans will be praying for you to do that like who is gonna cover cooper cup i they could throw it to him every play and I'd still think he'd catch the damn ball. Yeah. I think I'd take the over. I think I take the over on catches. Uh, that's why I mean. Like, I think this is just going to be ugly because it's going to be throws to cup play action bombs down the field. It's going to be the offense that Kyle Shanahan wishes he had, to be honest. Do you have Van Jefferson spread up in front of you? I'm trying to pull it up now that we know Robert Woods. I wasn't looking at him before that, but now if it's low, like I actually just cut Van Jefferson when the Odell news came down. Uh, I'm trying to check it really quickly. No, they don't have it on the board. Van Jefferson last week 
in last game, he had a lot of opportunities to come down with some big plays. It just, they didn't connect, uh, but it, it takes one play for him. So if his over under and receiving yards is around 35, 40, which I feel like it will be around there. Um, I'm happily taking the over on that without Robert Woods. Like I said, I don't think OBJ plays all that much, even if he plays. So Van Jefferson, whatever his over under is in receiving yards. I don't love the receptions. I don't think he's going to get a ton of receptions, but I think he can easily connect on a deep, deep pass. I mean, they were using him over to Sean Jackson on deep plays. So it tells you the confidence they have in him. Adam Schefter has tweeted again. And as he says, not that it was much of a question, but OBJ will make his Rams debut versus the 49ers on Monday Night Football, according to sources. But like you said, it's not just a matter of does he play at all. It's a matter of how much does he play. Um, But yeah, so we will see Odell on Monday night. The over-under for the game is 49. I mean, I think the Rams could put up 50 by themselves, to be honest. I think (laughs) I'd take the over. I mean, yeah, they're averaging 32 on the road in the, you know, the 49ers are giving up so many points just in general, but for some reason, especially at home, you can't take the under in this game because of the Rams offense and the 49ers have been scoring as of late. It's not like they're not putting up any points. They're not putting up any points in the first half, really, but in the second half, they start to get the groove on. So I, I think they can at least put up 20 points while the Rams put up, you know, 30. So I don't really want to touch this over under, but if I if I went with one, I would go with the over. Now I could see the Rams getting 21 in the first half. The 49ers will get their customary seven in the first half. So then you'll be at 28 <laughs> at halftime. You know, the Rams score a couple more times after halftime. The Niners had some garbage time points. And to me, yeah, I take the over. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable on it there. And yeah, to me, it's just a question of how bad does the embarrassment get? Does Jed York do anything about it? And then do the 49ers just turn it over to Lance the week after against the Jacks? That, that, it's sad that that is what the season has become for me, but I feel like that's where they are. What's crazy is this one game could change the entire season with the 49ers thought process and their fans, like how the fans are feeling. If they Mm -hmm. come out and win this game, they are right back in it right now. The Falcons at four and four, the Falcons are not a good team. The Falcons, like there's nothing you watch about the Falcons. You're like, Oh wow. They're a playoff team. They aren't, but they're right now sitting in the seventh seat at four and four. The 49ers could be, four and five if they win this game and somehow still be right in the thick of it where they actually have a very clear path to a playoff spot. So like they need to go out. If you want a chance to do anything this season, you have to go out and give it your all like fourth down and two, you better be going for it. Every time. Yeah. If you're not, if you're at your own 30, like go for it anyway. No, no. But if you're, if you're even close to midfield, go for it. Go for it. Don't be kicking field goals when you get really close to the end zone. Like you need, there's nothing to lose. Like your season is already looking like it's done. Go out there and play, like give it your all, shock them, do onside kicks, like just do fake punts, like do it. Win this damn game and be right back in it. I would love to see that happen. Like Kyle Shanahan needs to start getting brave out there and start getting way riskier. Yeah, you're already losing, Kyle. The worst thing that could possibly happen is already happening. You only, Clearly you, what you think is saving you isn't. Like your right. record is terrible. You can only benefit from trying yeah. something different. 
but the 49ers seem determined not to do that. If they had won last week, Michelle, to your point, they would be the seventh seed. If the 49ers had beaten the Cardinals backups last week, they would be in the playoffs right now. That just shows how basically fortunate the Niners have been that everything outside of them has gone their way. The NFC is a dumpster fire. You know, once you get past the first couple of seeds, it's just a bunch of muck. And the Niners could take advantage of that. You know, I don't want to, again, I think they're going to get killed. But if they somehow manage to pull off the upset here, then you get Jacksonville next week. Then you could maybe, you know, start a winning streak. Like imagine when the 49ers used to have those, like that's allowed. You can win more than one game in a row, get a little (laughs) momentum. But you know what? It's going to happen. If the 49ers win this week, they're not going to start Trey Lance against Jacksonville. So it's 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 so weird that the franchise, like the short-term goals of the franchise and the long-term goals are complete opposites right now. And so are they better off losing? I don't know. But I just, just don't get embarrassed. Can I just have that? Can I have a primetime game where the 49ers don't get their teeth kicked in? If they get embarrassed, like I know they just gave Kyle Shanahan an extension and he has, but... At, at the same time, he's going, fans are going to start to get very angry. And like you said, everyone else is going to start to catch up to, oh, maybe Kyle Shanahan's not as good as we all thought he was. And he might be starting to feel the pressure a little bit. That's all I'm saying. We will see. By the way, who do your Steelers have this weekend? I always like to end with a little bit of Steelers preview. <laughs> the Lions. So oh. we can almost lose to a really bad team again. The Steelers are... Oh, and four against the spread as a favorite this season. They're the only team that is winless against the spread as a favorite that's been favored in multiple games. Oh, and four. Do you think they cover this week? No, they'll make it a close game. I think we'll we'll, we'll win, but I'll have a heart attack at the end. Um, I'm sure TJ Watt will have to come up with a sack fumble recovery for us to win. Uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll get ahead by like 14 points. We'll let them come back. Um, then we'll go down by a touchdown and then, you know, just, it's going to be something stupid. Yeah. Right now if we lose, it's seven and a half. You can't lose to the winless lions. Like I said, the Ravens almost did. I said on the SP nation NFL show, there's just no universe anywhere out there where I can take Dan Campbell over Mike Tomlin. Like I just can't do it. Yeah, since it's in Pittsburgh, fine. But I don't know, because the Lions have been playing to win. They want to win their first game. So they're going for unlike every fourth down. Which they was, are doing it was the, great. Yeah. They are doing those fake punts. They they put up a fight against the Rams and the Steelers do not play like the Rams. Like if they start getting those fake punts and all that, like the Steelers, I could see them losing this game. I have zero faith in this team. I'm picking up on that. Yes. The worst five and three team I've ever won. <laughs> Ben looks like he's doing the bare minimum like to be a professional quarterback. Like even on every yeah, individual play, he's just like, let me just throw, I have to pass it. Okay. But I'm only going to pass it like three yards. That's it. I'm not doing any more than that. It's not pretty. And it's just like, I don't even know. There's no other options. Like I wish we had a Trey Lance to go to. I wish I could be saying just put Trey Lance in the game, but it's like, there's zero hope for the quarterback position for us. And anytime soon. It's so like I actually was watching old school big, big Ben the other day on like NFL Instagram. It was like NFL throwback and it was Ben. And he just looks like he's a different player running around, chucking guys off of him in the pocket, waiting like seven seconds to throw the ball <laughs> and then finding somebody 30 yards down the field. Like 
the, I, he has been the biggest like change to me from young in his prime Ben to now like older veteran guy. He just he's washed, man. Yeah, it's been rough to watch. It it has. <laughs> it's no fun to watch a team that passes two yards, two yards, two yards, and punts every five seconds. Yeah. Well, at least you I'll complete... take the record though. I'll take the five and three right. record. Yeah. At least you complete That'll... some of those two yard passes. We're in those yeah. are incompletions and interceptions on the 49ers. <laughs> That's gonna do it for this edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you haven't done it, I urge you to go watch or listen to our interview that we had this week with Kyle Yuschek. He was fantastic. Learned a lot about Trey Lance, learned a lot about Kyle Shanahan, some of the leadership issues in the 49ers locker room. He was very open and honest with us, so you should definitely check that out. Michelle, feel better. Try to enjoy this weekend's games. I know you're going to check out some of the college games today, so enjoy your football weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.